Folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, we refreshed our beverages. As you notice, Pete Glusick's missing. Uh, he's taking a leak, I think. Here he comes, coming back in right now. Uh, we've got a hell of a show still in front of us. Um, uh, it's been great so far. And, and hang in there with us. This is going to be an amazing show. We've got Atifo coming up next. We've got Seth Fighter, the amazing fighter man, coming to talk to us. And then, last, last but not least, we've got G-Man Gerald Swindle nope. coming in. To say hello, and uh, it's going to be interesting, man. He just won the biggest title, one of the biggest titles in Bass Fishing. Yeah, it, it, great lineup. I just watched Fighters Bash University uh, TV seminar. Yeah. On uh, swim baits for smallmouth, we just launched that to honor his win. Uh, so check that out, guys. Subscribe to Bash University TV to check that out. But he uh, he had no mullet. Wow. During the filming of that. Wow. So he, he grew it between the filming and... Six months. It only took him six months, wow. I guess, That's to get that done. That's fairly impressive. That is, is. impressive. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking to him about his hair growth. I mean, because there's I a strong haircut still to this day. It's strong. <laughs> it's strong. It's strong. We're well, gonna be maybe here in the Northeast. We're going to be talking about a lot of that. All right. Let's, let's get right to it. Um, man, hot off a really big win... Um, this is a big one for Ott. This is a big one for anybody. Uh, winning uh, the last regular season elite event on the upper Mississippi River. Man, what an awesome win. What a great way to end the year. And then a week later, he kicked ass at the AOI Championship. But what a great way to end the year. Joining us live via Skype, the one, the only, Ott Defoe. Ott Defoe, everybody. What's going on, guys? Woo! How you doing tonight, Ott? Doing good, doing good. Okay, talk to me. Are you at home? Are you on the road? Are you finally back? Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, home. Been home, uh, you know, about a week. I got home Monday, and uh, yeah, I've been home about a week and just enjoying some time at home. It's, uh, I know we'd compared schedules earlier in the year, and yours was, of course, worse than mine. So I told Jenny to quit complaining about mine, but it, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm finally home, and it does feel good to be home. It's gotta feel good. It's gotta feel good. I mean, you're right there with me, though. We fished a lot of the same events over the last three or yeah. four weeks, and uh, man, it's like a big sigh of relief, big breath. The year's over. Tell me though a little bit about you know that's a dude. What a great time to win one. Like you couldn't, you couldn't have picked a better time. You know, it not only was a big win, but it helped push you back up in points. You ended up in the top yeah. ten in AOI. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about what your mindset right now. You still high on this thing, or? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it. On one hand, it kind of stinks to win it at the end of the year because then you can't, you don't, you don't have that momentum to take mm. it right into another tournament. Uh, you know, we did the next week at the AOI deal, but then it's like. Okay, I just won, and then now it's over with. But at the same time, dude, it, 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 it is awesome because the next, you know, the next tournament, next big tournament I'll fish is actually, you know, the next Elite Series event uh, next year. You know, so right. But it, it is, uh, you know, so it's absolutely, it's it's a good time to win. Um, you know, sponsor wise, it's a good time to win. Confidence wise, it's a yeah, definitely a big deal and something I, I'm I'm very very thankful for. Now let let me ask you now I I have to know that this one sneak up on you and let me explain that before I ask <laughs> yeah. you because a lot of our viewers if you're a tournament guy you know exactly what we're talking about here. Um, you know when you looked at the schedule, if you looked at um, a shallow crankbait tournament. You're like, yeah, Ott, Ott's going to be the man to beat. If you looked at, you know, certain events, something in Tennessee, Ott's the guy to beat. But on this one, nobody really had their eyes on you. And did it sneak up on you personally, or did you go into that first day saying, oh shit, this is something, this is something I could win, or did it sneak up on you? The the win side of it did sneak up. The doing good side of it didn't um not just from from previous experience there the two two elites we fished there before i both had finishes in like the 20s or 30s uh fished that major league fishing event there last year and had a good event there but so so doing good there didn't sneak up on me but it holding up and and you know catching a big bag the first day kind of did um like the second fish i caught was almost four and the fourth fish i caught was four so i was I was like, man. I mean, really, that first day, I thought maybe there's something different going on this time around. Right. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I mean, I was very confident going into it, even when I left the house to go there. I, I you know, I was like, 
it's a river. I know I'm going to finish in the top 20 or 30. That was just that was my mindset going. It right. wasn't. It was never a thought of man. I hope I do good enough up here to get a check. You know, and that's it's that's comes with fishing with confidence. I mean, I've I've had a good you know a good end of the year overall, even before the win. But it uh, but yeah, I think it, it just kind of came with some confidence going there and it being the kind of place that I like to fish. And of course, previous you know some previous good finishes there um but the wind wind side of it definitely did you know we think it was the thing it was either the second or third morning i think it was the third morning i pulled up to you there under the under the bridge at lacrosse and you're like dude when it's ready to happen it's your time and you can't make it happen and you can't (laughs) keep it from happening and dude that was it exactly i mean that was and you know i'm I don't know how many six pounders get caught on the Mississippi River, but I caught one. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so it's so true. And uh, we we've talked about this on the show. We've had many guys sit on the couch that have won big events, and and it always happens that way. It's always like you know, it just happens. Like mm-hmm. you can't yeah. stop it. You right. know, it, it's either going to happen or it's not. Yeah, but look at you now as the grizzled vet. I've been able back. to sit there and tell a guy <laughs> yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I don't win anymore, so I can... You have the confidence to sit there and tell a guy that, and it's true, though. Like, it is true. You know, but you've attained yeah. that level. There's yeah. no doubt that it's true. Yeah. yeah. It, it just happens. When it's meant to be, it happens. It's like a freight train. It's you, like a freight train. You cannot stop it. When no. It's going to happen for you. It just yeah. keeps happening. Yeah. And and I, 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 I kind of... I, I had a little bit of premonition that this was going to happen for you this week. Uh, yeah. I, I want to talk to you about two things that really stand out to me about this win. The one is your main, one of your main areas, and the other one's the bait. <laughs> Let, let's start with the area. Yeah. Um, uh, did you lose your mind throwing at that same spot? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's, actually, that's actually what I told him on, on live one day. I was like. Uh, and I, don't, I mean, I'm not coming on here to, to plug sponsors, but I, I was like that trolling motor I had it. It made it so easy because I could, yeah, you know, whether it was well, I could get over on the bank and anchor down or whatever. But I mean, I was doing it with that trolling motor was the, what I was doing it with. But I was like, I can, I can get right here. I can check out mentally. I, I have right. to do nothing other than cast. And I mean, you know, whether your boat's washed up against a log jam and you're doing that or. You're, you're, you know, you've got your shallow water anchor, whatever it is, however you can keep the boat perfectly still. And then all of a sudden, all you have to focus on is casting. It's, it, and, and knowing that the fish is there, it's, it's kind of, I was watching a little earlier of how JT was talking about fishing in Florida. You just have to know a fish is there. Yeah. And just forget about the clock and forget about everything else. You just sit there and just keep casting what you expect him to bite. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it made it, it, it was pretty wild because it was, it was, a little bit mind-numbing well, mean, at times. But. Well, it always makes me wonder when I watch a guy fish like that or I'm in a position to fish like that. Do you think the the fish pull in there and you, you just happen to encounter them? Like you keep casting and another fish moves up? Or do you think there's just a bunch of fish there and eventually one decides to bite? I'm, I'm interested to hear the answer of this. For, for me, the place like I was fishing and a lot of times the places we fish, I think – I think it's your fishing areas where fish are moving through. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think, you know, a, a place like Kentucky Lake where you can pull up, you graph them on a ledge, then you start fishing and you catch 25 in a row, those fish are probably sitting there. But a place like this and, and most shallower places where you catch numbers of fish, I think nine times out of ten, you're catching fish that are in transition. And that's why it can be such a timing deal. You know, while early in the morning can be good or late in the afternoon or whatever, you're catching those fish at a peak transition time where other times you may pull up there and catch one or two. You're there at a at a heavy traffic hour and you're going to catch 15 or 20. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, in, in the area I was fishing, I feel like that's what was going on because, you know, at that spillway right out in front of it, you've got a lot of 8, 10, 12 feet deep water that's very still. You know, so those fish can be out there resting, and then they think, "Well, time for a snack." And we slide up here where I where I can take advantage of this, and then that's where they go to feed. Um, yeah. In that particular situation, that's what I think was happening. Yeah, and the other thing too for our viewers and listeners is, you know, we had a lot of rain dump mm-hmm. in on us, and I know, I know, I think that helped you out. You know, because I I look at a spot like that, and I, and I think about patterns that got hurt by the by the influx of water and i think about patterns that got helped by it and i'm i'm sure that helped you so do you want to give a shout out to mother nature real quick yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely it, dude, the, the first day uh, 
the when I went up there and practiced on uh went up there Wednesday was when I fished it in practice and uh you know I mean right away caught a couple and there was water coming across the whole spillway end to end, you know, and flowing heavy through those gaps on the sides. Roll up there the first day of the tournament, dude, there is zero water coming across the width of the spillway. It's only in the gaps. And I was like, Oh crap, man, this is not gonna be good at all. Dude, it was lights out. Wow. I mean, but but the only place you could get a bite was in those gaps. How about that? Well, throughout the week, there started being more and more and more water come across it because of the rain we had. And uh, I truly don't know if that didn't hurt it. Um, I, I think it made it – I do think that it made it last longer because I wasn't able to catch all the fish out of there the first – you know, by the second yeah. or even the third day. Um, I think it, it kind of made it replenish itself better. But uh, but I do think that I mean the first morning was hands down the best morning, and I never saw those conditions again. Right. Uh, you know, so just just going on what happened, I feel like that's what it was. But it uh, but it, the the good thing about that area was what you said, it got no negative impact other than the water coming up and getting more flow. It got no negative impact from like muddy water or any of that kind of stuff. A lot of those, if you were fishing anything on the main river that was anywhere adjacent. And down river from a creek dude it turned to chocolate yeah milk. yeah it was it, it was bad a lot of a lot of guys lost areas i lost a few areas in that event mm-hmm. because of muddy water so mm-hmm. you know Odd, i got a question for you so yeah. and this is something that that we had talked about earlier in the show before you got on um did you sit in the ones forgive me for not for not knowing um did, no. did you sit in one spot or i i understand what you mean by the gaps in the dam but did mm-hmm. you fish that that thing like the entire time or did you run around to some other stuff and come back to it like i've yeah. always i've always been one of those guys that had a really hard time sitting on a spot yeah, tough. for a long time <laughs> it's tough to do i don't know if it's my personality or what it was but i'm just curious if you sat on the spot the whole time or what it was no it's it, i'm dude i suck at doing that too them tournaments where you <laughs> right. gotta camp mm. out that's why that's why I've, i'm i'm right there with you pete dude in florida it took me five years to cash a check um i've never cashed a check in florida i've been hit or miss since but uh but no for i I would start there in the mornings and i would fish there for the at least the first three hours except on the final morning um but uh the first three days i fished there till at least nine o'clock i think one day i stayed till after 10 um but it was there was never a drastic lull in action you know i was never going going more than 45 minutes without a bite during that time um Mm -hmm. so then i would leave there and i had had other stuff i was fishing but i only weighed fish from one other area um one one stretch of grass it was honestly 150 feet long um that that had good fish in it and that was all the fish came from one of those two places either the spillway or that one stretch of grass um and i caught those fish punching but uh which is certainly not something i'm a i would call myself a professional at i'm i only do that you know when uh when the conditions are really really good for it but uh but that was that was the two places i fished and i cool other than the first day every day i ended back at the spillway and every day i called at the spillway in the afternoons and the the second day being the biggest time i did that which is when i caught the six pounder and wow. I caught another three pounder up there in the afternoon on the second day, but six um, pounder up there is a big one. That's a giant. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Sure I mean, enough, big. There was, there were a couple giant. more over five actually weighed this year, and I don't know that we had ever had a five weighed in our previous two tournaments there, but uh, yeah, dude, that was a dude. That that, was a that fish is so old, it was probably going to die the next week of all days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, had <laughs> had pretty much it had to have, yeah. 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 Wouldn't make it through the yeah. winter. It definitely yeah. wouldn't make it through the winter. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to switch to talk about the bait, the bait a little bit. And, you know, we we know yeah. you used a, a several different baits depending on the areas. You switched it up a little bit, but there was a standout bait, a star bait yeah. that you used, and this is where the little bit of the foreshadowing came in uh, because yeah. you know I, a lot of our viewers don't know the week before this event we had a Rapala VMC. A media event, a writers conference that was uh, several pools up, one one of the pools that was off limits up toward Lake Pepin, and we got to fish with some writers for two or three days, and it, it was a it was a cool event. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But one of the baits that I saw on your deck that week <laughs> actually yep. ended up being this this standout bait. And and here's here's the thing I want you to talk about a little bit. Uh, not necessarily the bait itself, but but the way you rigged it was super interesting to me. And, and honestly, before I saw it on your deck, I talked to Dan Quinn about it, and he told me about your modification a little bit. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, yeah. And then you go and win on it the following week. So talk, talk a little bit about this, this swim bait and the way you rig it. Yeah, it's it's a solid body, you know, boot tail style swim bait. And uh, it, it's, it's a bait that, you know, a lot of people use and, you know, various sizes and stuff. But it, I figured out the rigging method there's a couple a few years ago at home 2012 or it may have been 13 but i think it was 2012 i was fun fishing at home and uh you know we were we were having a problem fish we could see fish either either swim bait we had it on just a regular like a swim bait style hook and i mean dude they'd come up and they'd just totally engulf it and not get it or it would be a small mouth and they'd run up and hit the belly of it they knock it, and yeah. Knock it out of the way, you know. I mean, they they would open the mouth and close it on the belly, but they would not get the back of it in their mouth. And the small mouth were the most frustrating, but the large mouth sucked too because they would totally suck the bait in. You'd load the rod and start the hook in them, where you had such a bow in your line because of the current and stuff that you wouldn't hook them. Yeah. So I was like, man, there's there's got to be a better way. And, and just adding a treble hook as a stinger on a on a swim bait hook to me never runs right. It always messes the bait up. It just never runs true again. And uh, you know, I know of course there's lots of line through you know heavier swim baits out there on the market, but none of those really did what I wanted them to do. They all wanted to get down too deep in the water column, and uh, you know I just couldn't find anything I liked. So I was just fun fishing one day and and was digging through my box and found some stuff and started putting it together. And the, the line threading tool I started with was like a mojo, one of those mojo pegging deals, you know, that just a piece of limp doubled wire and, uh, you know, that you'd peg those mojo sinkers with. And I, was, I tried to push it through the bait and it'd come out the side. It'd come out the top. It'd come out the bottom. Trying to push something limp through something like that is as we all know kind of difficult so i tried to, I, I finally got it run through there the right way pulled my Even line through that. and tied just a hook on to start with and go to cast it and it i pull up beside the boat and it swims like a champ i throw it out there and it the bait's balled up from where you know i'm pulling on the line man i, just, I need something for it to pull against so I, I dig around through there a little bit get out a barrel swivel get out a, a split ring so I tied the barrel swivel, attached the split ring on the other end, then put the treble hook on, and now I've got something. I've, it'll pull against that barrel swivel. Actually, I pulled the first eye into the bait. Then I've got some slack with that split ring and the treble hook eye. So the hook will stay put. I can just stick one prong up in the bait, and, uh, you know, it stays put, and I can I, I can throw it out through there and, and skip it and everything else, and, it, and everything stays the way it needs to. And it swims good. And the very the the very first fish I caught on it was a five pound largemouth, and he had it choked. He could have stayed on the hook for dude another year and never came off. So that was, <laughs> you know, that that was kind of the initial find with it and what happened and the way it all went down. Well, that, I mean, that to me that's really cool because if if you got a treble hook hanging on the back of it, that the bait will still run true. If a smallie comes up and swipes at that thing, you're going to get his ass. Yep, you're going to get him a lot. I mean, yep. Yeah, I'm serious. Yep. You're, you're, you're going to get him. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. I've had the same I've had the same frustrations before trying to catch smallmouth. You know, when, when you're like you get on a, a pretty decent smallmouth spinnerbait bite, yep. and, and and then all of a sudden the next day the winds are a little calmer or whatever, it won't really touch the the spinnerbait. But j- just like what you were explaining, they'll come up and jank that swim bait but <laughs> yep. you still don't hook them it's like like yep. now I, I can't get them to even bite the spinner bait all they'll do is follow it i can get them to bite the swim bait but i but can't catch them <laughs> right and what you've done is take it taking that whole thing so that's i'm going to take a little uh piece of ot defoe with me next year in the boat i can assure yeah. you that when when when's that bait coming to market ot I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. It, uh, the, the one the one better that um, Zona actually told me, I told him what I was doing with that bait and the way I was rigging it and stuff. And uh, 
he said, man, you need to try a rivet. And uh, so you, he was talking about putting a rivet in place of the barrel swivel. So you eliminate the barrel swivel, you keep the split ring on the treble hook, you push that rivet up in the belly, and then I actually even add a rivet on the nose to just extend more life out of the bait. So you go from, if you only run one rivet on the back, you can a lot of times catch three or four, sometimes five fish on a bait, then the nose ends up tearing out of it. With that rivet on the front, you can easy catch 10, sometimes 15 on a wow. bait before it tears up. Wow. So, it, you know, two rivets on that deal and eliminate the barrel swivel, just keep the split so, ring. So when you're putting those two rivets in there, you're, the 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 one is going directly into the nose, kind of pointed downward, and then the other one is coming up from the belly. So your line is going directly into the nose and then coming out, what, a, a quarter, a third of the way down the bait? Mm-hmm. About a third is about right, yeah. Right. Yeah, about a third of the way back. And then so that, once you put a hook on it, and I'd use a number one, you know, like a VMC treble hook. Sure. And w- once you put that hook on there, it ends up putting the hook nearly dead center in the bait. You know, so. Right, with, up, with the with the split ring, the line, and then the split ring, and then your treble. Yeah. That yeah. It's going in right in about in the middle. So when that smallmouth comes up, because you know that's where he's going to hit it. He's exactly. not going to come up from behind it. He's going to come from the side of it. Yep. And hit it right there like that, and he's gonna get that treble all jacked up. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's yeah, a good idea. It's pretty pretty cool deal. And then the the line threading tool I use now is like a. Uh, I mean, it's, I think they call it a mortician's needle. Um, it's a, just like a worldwide sportsman. You know, it's actually a saltwater needle, um, but uh, it's like a four or six inch long needle and thread it through there. And yeah, it's a. Uh, Mortician's needle. I, I have a few of those in a, in a pack in my bedroom that I keep for other yeah, things. Yeah, of course. You've got to keep them <laughs> Right. Everybody does. Right. It's not a worldwide sports. For those anyway. posting girls, right? <laughs> Pete, Pete's got some in his pocket right now. Look right. At that's, a, that's a tattoo shop needle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, man, now, what a cool modification. I mean, that's, yeah. you, you know, it, it's amazing because a lot of the things that happen, happen after wins, you know, and you're going to yeah. see... Shit, everybody's going to start doing this now. It's yeah. going to become yeah. commonplace. Yeah. But uh, I, I want to jump back, uh, and and I, I I know your story. You know, we've we've been around each other enough now that I know. But I, I want talk to a little bit about our, our viewers and listeners about um, you know growing up, and you got into this a lot earlier than most of our guests that we've had on the show you know and and even jt you know we we talked a lot of guys and they're like you know they're late teens their early 20s even some guys like you know randy tharp you know shit they got into real late in life (laughs) that's right um but you've been this mindset a pro angler fishing has been this has been your life for a long time talk to everybody a little bit about that and then um especially with jt being in the room tonight how lake okeechobee was a special <laughs> lake to you as a kid and how that might have been a part of you doing this now for a living. Yeah. T- talk to everybody a little bit about that. Absolutely. And uh, I, I was watching and uh, I heard y'all talking about the 9-11 and stuff, and that was one thing. Jenny said, you need to make sure those guys, uh, you know, it's something you could you could say, and it's, it's perfect lead into it, that uh, when 9-11 happened, I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. So – uh, but, you know, I remember sitting there in English class and, uh, you know, that we didn't, didn't do any school work the rest of the day, uh, you know, just watching all that and everything. But that, that they, like Pete said, you never forget where you yeah. were if you live through that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, that's, you certainly don't. But, uh, but no, I mean, it, it, it is. I, I fished my first, uh, FLW tour tournament. I think I was 21. I'm 31 now. Um, I, I have fished. You know, at the professional level, at some extent, for like 12 seasons, um, starting in 11 seasons, I guess. Started the first season I fished high level stuff was in 06, that FLW series, the first year they had those. <clears throat> but, uh, the first, you know, first bass tournament I ever fished was with my dad, and I was nine years old. And, uh, we had took a trip, a family trip. We'd always watched all of Roland Martin. Oh, son. Oh, son. Oh, yeah. Here we go, boys. Here we go, boys. <laughs> we'd, we'd always watch all his shows, you know, of course, down there on Okeechobee and stuff. And uh, we took a trip down there, and that was it. I mean, dude, from the time we got there and just, like, the vibe of that place, and it was in September, and 
you know, I mean, and you guys weren't you guys weren't partying at the Tiki Bar at Rollins. No, okay. No, I was, September, I was, the worst time of the year to be there. <laughs> right, How much did right. you sweat? Knowing that, knowing that now, and we still went out. And the guy's name was Dave, but I think it was Lasar. So, and if I oh, I actually high, know him. This would have been like '94, which I think, from what you were saying earlier, JT, you would have been working there then. Which no, is, that would have been a little because I graduated high school in '92. So I probably okay. started there in '97 or something, '96, '97. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe, but I know I Dave Lasar. The first time I ever met him, I was doing laundry in the laundromat, and I didn't get my <laughs> and I did hey I didn't get my clothes out of the dryer right away, yeah. and I was living in a camper yeah. that Marianne let me park beside the laundromat, so I yeah. didn't have to pay for a campsite fee. Yeah. And Dave Lasar come out hollering at me, get your damn laundry out of there. Wow. I'm go, I go running out like, oh, you know, like I'm scared, you know, cause I'm just like this, yeah. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the new guy, I'm the new guy, you know, and I'm pissing everybody off and I'm the new, yeah. you know. <laughs> but yes, that was, that was our trip. And he was our guy, dude. I mean, an excellent. He had guy. old brown, like, um, like I mean, 487 I, Ranger or something. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Chobie was, was, you know, to, a kid who's never been anywhere since seeing that on TV and then riding out there with him down those boat lanes and running oh, yeah. through there forever and then cutting left in one and cutting right in one, not knowing how in the world we're ever going to get back, going to be gator food, and then we'd go out there and catch a bunch of fish. It was, I mean, it, for a for a nine-year-old kid, dude, it was like the trip of a lifetime. Yeah, and no that doubt. was what, I mean, that was what got me fired up on bass fishing. Yeah. I, I can remember being in the parking lot there one night at dark talking to some guys who were getting ready to go out fishing and telling them I was going to be a pro angler. He's like, yeah. What you're, what you're even saying right now. You don't have no idea how hard of work that is. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was it. You showed them, just, didn't you? Right. <laughs> and, my, and my high school art teacher who said it never happened. Oh, dude, oh. I had high school oh. teachers say was, the same thing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I so, ba- I so bad want to go back Your and tell them to suck it. high school art teacher said you could never yeah. do it. She, she thought you were nuts. She, he did, yeah. He my, did. Because, I mean, we would, my dad, we would always go at the beginning of the year. My dad would talk to the principal and be like, hey, yeah. listen, how many days of school they're allowed to miss? We're going to miss them because we're going fishing. Was, we may miss a few more. Was his name, <laughs> was your was your high school art teacher's name Becky? Was he a dream killer? He might, uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I've always been back there too. But, uh, but yeah, so and you know, a lot of the same kind of deal is what you hear a lot of guys. You know, a step at a time, working your way up. Um, when you got money to go, take it. And yeah. most of the time, it you know it, it worked out more times than it didn't. So uh, yeah, you know, I, that, that was that was the deal. I'll tell you an interesting story. Uh, I think the first time we officially met, like I, I kind of knew who you were and I think we, we may have met in passing before this, but it was the FLW Stren series championship on Table Rock yeah. Lake. Yeah, and it was yeah. the first time that I, and I was with Becky and it was the first time I really had a conversation with you and, and Jenny and you were there fishing. And I remember thinking, I'm like, Dude, this guy's like young. This guy's like, is he even out of high school? Like, I remember thinking that uh, and, and thinking, damn. I mean, you know, it's to, to have this kind of talent at such a young age, it's amazing. But what what amazes me, I have in my notes, and you talked about it, is the age that you joined your first bass club. Yeah. You were 12 years old. Dude, that blows me away cool. because I because I look back and like when I think club and it's 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 fresh in my mind. I'm I'm like looking at Dave and we've got Brian in the back, and we all club fished together. You know, and we were in our we were in our twenties. We were probably nineteen, late 20, teens. Or so that's, late, that's where yeah. I was too. Same yeah. thing. You know. and, and and like twelve is so young. Like that, yeah. like that, like blows me away. It's like fifth grade, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> Look what? at the amount of stuff that that, uh, that you know that that you think that we know. Yeah. Yeah. He started that I, much that's earlier. That's what I'm saying. When, that's crazy. When he's our age, yeah. look at the amount of shit he's gonna right. know. Right, what were the club meetings like? Did those guys give you milk and cookies, or were they, <laughs> and were they reading you bedtime stories, or what was yeah. what was a club meeting like? We were drinking beer. Yeah, it, it was it was mostly, and Jenny can vouch for this because this is how, and of course, 
we started dating when we were 17 and I made her go to a couple and, and that almost ended our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're really into bass fishing, they're pretty dumb. <laughs> Dude, it, it was like the worst bickering ever. We got to make a rule for this. So and so won on this. We got to make a rule for that. Da, 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 yep. I mean, that was all it ever was. You Top know? rod bass masters, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, at that club level, that's all it is, is just rules about rules about rules. But it was. You know, I mean, it was at the Shoney's on Clinton Highway. The, <laughs> you say, I think wow. It was like the second Tuesday of every month at 7 o'clock. <laughs> and I'd always eat fried shrimp. Wow. <laughs> I mean, dude, that was our, that was our bad Poor day. Jenny. What I a know. date that was. Right? Oh, man, it was. I mean, she really, and after that, she was like, I kind of look at you differently. The club I was in was called Allegheny Bassmasters, and we only met at bars because I think it was at everybody's bars, excuse yeah. to get out and drink beer. <laughs> yeah, you know, we met at a VFW, yeah. so yeah. right, kind of like the only reason I'm at Ike Live now is just to get excuse <laughs> right. to get beer, or I'd be on the road home to Florida. But yeah, you know, but, uh, the, the, that was—I mean, like in high school, and I mean, I was the oldest young person. Out of, out of, you know, anybody in our class. I mean, it was, you know, because, I mean, that was from the time I was 12, dude. I was hanging out with all these old farts that, you know, just ordinary about everything, and but they liked to fish. And, uh, you know, that, those were a lot of my friends. I mean, yeah. I spent a lot of time, you know, of course, in the boat with all of them. Because in that club, once I turned 16, like, you could go in the draw. So from the time I joined until I was 16, I had to fish every tournament with my dad. And, uh, when I was that one of the rules they made, <laughs> when I was 15, I won the Angler of the Year deal. So I, I was, and my birthday's in September. So I was actually 14 most of the year, and then at the end of the year, I had turned 15. Wow. Well, I wasn't going to be stout. 16 until the very first day of the state regional tournament, um, which was on Douglas, and so like the. Uh, or no, that was a state tournament. The regional, I couldn't fish because I was not 16. You had to be 16 to fish at those state-level yeah. events. So I had to have a sub. Well, therefore, they bumped. Even though I had won the points, they bumped me out of boater status and fished the regional without me, you know, as let my sub fish, and then I fished back in, in, uh, you know, in the regular tournament, but I didn't get my boater position back. And after that, I was kind of like, I'm done with this. This you know, I won this deal and then didn't get my yeah. didn't get my boater spot. But uh, it's but yeah, kind of, it's was, kind of like winning the AOI championship. It means it nothing. Is a lot like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if Seth's, if Seth's buddies or whoever would have made that trophy for him, dude, he wouldn't have got. You get. I mean, I'm obviously I, I appreciate bass and everything they do, but that tournament, dude, you you didn't just beat fifty guys just. 50 random guys. But you beat 50 the 50 best. best one you, beat the you, beat you beat the 50 You beat 39 hammers. Yeah, 50 studs. Absolute yeah. hammers. Yeah. <laughs> you beat 39 or now 40 of them that are going to be in the classic. You basically won the Bassmaster Classic. Yeah. Right. But not. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. More yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really think about it that, that way. way. Yeah, he's, that's he's, he's absolutely right. Right. Crazy. As a member. It's a three day deal, just like the classic. Yeah. You basically just won the Bassmaster Classic. But you didn't. Yeah. As a you, board you a member for, for the anglers, as a representative for the anglers, please, please help to get that changed. That needs yeah. to be changed. Uh, in what way? Just, like, what are you talking about? Well, I, I mean, I think it needs to be changed in the fact that, you know, uh, we've had it now for three years. And, you know, the winner, uh, Seth Vider, Chris Zaldane, uh, Jake, uh, Jacob Prosnick, basically yeah. received nothing. More than a pat on the back and a thumbs up and a good job. A little bit of media exposure, which helps. A little bit of media, but, but yeah, not, not But a there lot. needs to be a prize. Even the TV I mean, show shit. Will be. If there's going to be a tournament, there's got to be. Come something. on, it's, you know, it's, it's right. the did, hardest tournament. To it's the hardest they, tournament to win. Give these guys something. Like, do we need what? that tournament? Well, maybe we don't need. Do the we tournament. really need that? Well, deal? they they need the tournament. The anglers don't need the tournament, but Bass needs the tournament for the coverage. They need the tournament for the TV and the exposure. And we don't need it. To me, as as an angler, I would. It's like it's an opportunity for you to lose the angler of the year title after you've after you've battled the entire right. season it. long right. and done it. It's a good point. You've won it, man. It's yours. Now they they got to make you do one more yeah. thing. 
It's just an opportunity to go down. Yeah. And at no at no winnings. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not only an opportunity to go down, though, because I, I think Mike and I will both vouch for this. We liked fishing grand this year. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> the, the, the opportunity is there if you're in that spot where you're a couple out of it. And Mike and I were the only two who were out last year that got in. Yeah. Oh, to, it, to, make, the it, yeah. To, to make, make the classic. Yeah, to make the classic. To make the classic. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. It, but at the same time, I, I, you fished all year. It is an extra event. It doesn't. I don't know. I, I I like it. I like going into it like I did this year, where hey man, I can just I catch, go out and play. catch a fish. I mean, of course, it was it was a week after lacrosse, so the first day I got on the water at like two o'clock. The next day I think it was nine, and the last day maybe it was eight. You know, so I mean I was. Sounds like I, he's on my I'm, schedule. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the time I was out there, I mean, I fished hard, but at the same time, I, I wasn't about to kill myself for it. Um, and those events are so easy to do good in when you don't kill yourself. It's like yeah. it just happens. Mm, yeah. um, you know, well, but it, it it goes back to that when, it, when it's easy. It's so easy, and when you can't make anything come together you know it's impossible but uh yeah so you yeah, right. so you guys bumped guys from from the classic mm-hmm. that's the other yeah. side yeah that is guys you in know? and guys out I, my fans want this meaningless event Pete. well it's, it's just to get an additional coverage additional sponsor opportunity they had the bass fest thing surrounding it uh you another know week of tv another week of tv my opinion here it is right here and it's always right but um, the old bitches. angler of the year yeah. bitches, bitches, the angler yeah. <laughs> angler of the year points should only be given to tournaments where the entire field, the field. is competing. I've heard that before, and I think that's a good mm-hmm. good statement. I'd, I'd, I'd applaud that. Write it that's down. a good statement. All right, mm-hmm. let's switch topics. We don't make this a, a political show, uh, even <laughs> though it is. Uh, I want to talk about next year. Um, you know, I, I I could sit here and say, you know, what tournament are you looking forward to? But I know. <laughs> And I want to I want to just corner you on it. Uh, tell me about next year's event on Cherokee Lake. Tell yeah. me about uh, how that tournament's going to be, and, and and just give me a little insight on what what you think that event is, is going to be like. That that was uh, uh, you know winning lacrosse. The next event, next full field event I'll fish is is that one. Um, you know the the one here at home. So it's that's cool i mean it's it's really cool for me the very first tournament i fished when i was nine with my dad was on cherokee lake we lost out of the dam it, it'll be a cool deal to have an elite series event there going out of that same place um now february <coughs> it's, it's either going to be cold or it's going to be really really cold <laughs> it, it, it'll either, either be a pleasant <laughs> 30, 45 degrees, or it will be a very cold 12 to 25 degrees Ooh. and the wind blowing and Yuck. you know maybe four to six inches of snow it, it, it'll be one of those two um but it, it's what Cherokee starting in, in Florida? the last like yeah. three to five years man it has has been on a major upswing um you know fishing wise that there was a time i don't know six or eight years ago that it was it was kind of down a little bit in the dumps but it has been on a major upswing primarily the smallmouth um, in that lake, and they had done a good job, and and are still doing a good job, really protecting those. You know, as, I mean, you yeah. fish the opens and stuff here. Both you and you and Pete have fished them here, and JT has too on, on Douglas. Yep. And you know, we've had some really restrictive smallmouth size limits, but they're le- loosening those some, especially during the cooler months of the year. Um, it had been 18 inches. Douglas was 20 at times for and only one fish, but Cherokee had been 18 with a limit of five for a long time. And, man, it's got to where, I mean, in the local tournaments we fish here in the fall and winter, if you had to measure them on 18-inch limits, you ain't going to do any good, even catching 18-inchers. I mean, if they weren't easy keepers, you know, if if they weren't easy keepers, they really, you hope to not weigh them in, um, unless you had, like, three big ones to go with them. So it's it's really come on strong. Now, it being that early in the year, it's it can make it difficult on some guys especially the you know those guys that are that are a little more thin-blooded like where jt lives now you know those guys <laughs> aren't used to aren't used to using 16th ounce stuff and four pound test line or six pound test line you know so it's it's going to be a different deal um but i even if it wasn't here i would be excited about it. i like that cold water you know, wintertime stuff. That's, yeah. I've, I've, I've liked those classics being like that. Um, 
you know, with the classic being moved a little later and further south, it's definitely not going to be one of those deals. But it, it'll be the coldest Elite Series event I've ever fished. Yeah. And probably, I mean, I don't know if they've had any. Now, have they had any that early, that far north ever? I don't think I mean, so. No. I don't think. I think. I think this. The classic, classic was. But I don't, yeah, but yeah, I don't think an elite series. Not, yeah. yeah, not an elite series. So it, uh, I think it'll be a it'll be a bit of a culture shock for a portion of the field. Um, you know, just having to deal with the, the kind of temperatures we're more than likely going to have, and you know that uh, I I wish it was a little later, honestly, just because it, I want to show off how good the lake is. Right, I and mean, that was a tournament up here you know, like the middle of March this year, you know, 150 or 200 boat tournament. And they were like 18 or 20 bags over 18 pounds, you know, right. like 21. Wow. Wins, it, you know, so there's yeah. not, there's not a lot of five pounders, but there's just boatloads of three and a half, three and a three, you know, three and three quarter to four pounders. That's, you know, you catch a five and it's kind of, it's weird. Cause it's kind of like up North, you catch a five and that's a big one, but, right. um, lots of three and a half pound smallmouth in this place so if it was a little later where the water's a little warmer and they're up you know running around the bank and stuff you know everybody catches wow. them but it'll be an outstanding event um you know I, I just i hope we get the the stable winter not a lot of rain or snow or anything like that you know to where it's not a bunch of runoff and makes it lake muddy if it's just a good stable normal kind of temperature winter it could be really strong that's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to give you uh, – we got two more things for you, Ott, and we're going to let you go. First one is – pertains to this one. Give me – and you can't lie because this is like life. Um, give me your top three bait predictions for Cherokee Lake. Top three. Wow. You really put me on the spot there. Um, and uh, it's going to be small stuff. Um, secret, secret, and top secret. No, you can't lie. This is like live. <laughs> Uh, Hello. Uh, uh, top three bait. A, uh, He's thinking of lies right now. Because <laughs> yeah. he knows you're just fishing for information, so he's thinking of lies. That's right. I don't blame uh, you. I would, too. If you asked me about some Florida lake, I'd do the same yeah. thing. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it'll be, you know, small, small swim baits. Um, a blade bait will more than likely play well and some oh. form of a jig. You know, a, a, obviously a small jig. But some form of a jig will, will more than likely be a. Ike likes player. the blade and the jig. Wow, I do like the blade. Yeah. I like the blade. Wow, it's going yeah. okay. And then uh, we've got uh, you know, uh, this is the first time. I think this is the first time you've been on Ike Live, or is this it the second is, time? Yeah. It is the first time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And and because this is the first time you're on Ike Live, Uh-oh. we could not let you go without <laughs> our normal uh, thing for our guest, which is our rapid fire. Question okay. segment, which you know you've seen it before. This is yep. this is one of the best parts of our show. Um, and with Dave, get real now. I know it's about to get real. And with and with Dave being back in the studio, we couldn't think of anybody better to ask you these questions than our very own Dave Brodzik. Dave, go ahead and remember, Ott, you have to answer these truthfully. Truthfully, got yes. it. Hey, Ott, congratulations. This is Dave. Thanks, Dave. All right. This is, these are questions that are submitted by uh, the viewers of the show, and we just okay. repeat them to you, okay? Yeah. The first question. Is, are the viewers in the room, too? <laughs> no, no. It, it, so, some of them. West. Yeah. Some of them may, in fact, be in the room. Maybe. <laughs> Most of them are from the West Coast. So. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay. Oh, All right. Yeah. So the first question is, what flies farther in the air? A, lawn darts. B, Chris Jones's sermons. Or C, an unwanted striped bass. <laughs> <laughs> the, the distance on the striped bass is typically not very far. The height may be really good. The, the projectile of Chris Jones's voice carries a long <laughs> And you know what? I liked how he explained his answer. Yeah. <laughs> he did, he did right. a hell of a job right. of that. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I, I really enjoy how you took that to the next level. Let's move on. All right, Ot. Ot, what is more exhilarating? Running your jet boat through the rocks up a river and tearing the lower unit off completely? 
Sounds fun. <laughs> or running an MLF boat that's not yours into a creek that's only six inches deep. <laughs> <laughs> Let us have it, Ock. Mine, because i got to pay for it when I run. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, Ott. Uh, true or false? In the Olympics, the shot put should be replaced with the striper toss. <laughs> true, absolutely. But because, dude, the striper is slippery and wiggles. Uh, yeah, uh, a striper. Much more sure. challenging. What well, is? Much more challenging. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now, true or false again? And these fans, they're pretty good with their questions, all right? <laughs> true or false? Uh, your parents were fish heads. That that would be a false, really. Oh. I mean, my my mom still thinks I should get a real job. Um, my dad Shame on still, her! How dare her! <laughs> my dad's always been pretty supportive, but the first term I fished was the first one he fished. So, uh, so definitely a false there. See, so, you now this fan answers false to your answer because they named you after a hook size. Oh yeah. Well, there's no O. <laughs> and, and, and ask Swindle whenever he, when Swindle comes on, ask him what he ought to be throwing. <laughs> yeah. Always ask me every morning. Yeah, but that's spelled O U T T. Right, but not not when yeah. you're from Alabama. Follow, oh, okay, follow gotcha. up question. True or false? True or false? Bro. Follow up question. You have a brother named Ounce and a sister named Willow. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew a girl. I knew a girl named Willow once. Yeah. Same parents there. No, that that was, I've got a, I've got two brothers, a Tom, a Tommy and Sonny. All right. So false. Here's another question from a fan. What's more annoying to you? Instinctively saying what when people ask you about hook sizes? <laughs> or Ike calling everything a giant. <laughs> yeah. the, everything being a giant, because if I'm fishing around him, I'm like, how big is it? How big is it? Or, how big is it? But, uh, yeah, <laughs> All right, you're almost off the hook. Here's another one that someone submitted. What's a more shady situation? The, moody, uh, the movie Fifty Shades of Grey, the Obama health care system, Byron Belvick's Obama. sudden disappearance from He's bass. already answering. I'm going to go ahead and say Obama. Or Andy Montgomery's filing a protest against Ike at the Potomac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, well, oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't hear about that either. Get out. You answer, yeah. then Ike will answer. Yeah, oh, I, oh so- Sock Man, Sock Man filed a protest on you? The Obamacare. Yeah. So what's that Andy, what's, what's this, sure. what's this um, Andy Montgomery story? Oh, wait, 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 before we even go there, it's a K2 cooler break. Oh, K2 cooler break. <laughs> Sponsor plug. That's that FLW side of him kicking in. Brought to you by <laughs> K2 Cool. Uh, Ranger Livewells, thank and you for them. New threads. Look at JT's ass. Without these Ranger Livewells, they wouldn't have made it back here because Triton Livewells don't keep them alive. Just Ranger ones do. And now Triton's owned by Rangers, so they all keep them alive. So what happened? Which is owned by Bass Pro. <laughs> Oh no no! The Andy Montgomery situation wasn't that shady. I mean, it was just no, it was it, it was more of a misunderstanding. Well, what did he protest you about? I had running in a running in a creek in the Potomac that you know it was one of those creeks that I knew was not a no wake zone, but there was like a hand painted sign. It became a no wake. It became, it became a, wake a no wake zone. zone. It was like one of those hand painted signs yeah. that somebody's like, oh, I don't want nobody running that by you my. You run over because they should right, be doing that. Right. Right. It was one of those situations. You run right so. over. It wasn't that. It actually wasn't right. that shady. Yeah. And, and, and it actually, the only reason that Andy did it, see, Andy and Brett Hyde were fishing back there, and the only reason Andy did it was because Brett had just pre- protested Van Dam at the Niagara bracket, and he said, dude, I ain't doing this crap again. you got to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, we have one last question, uh, and this is from, uh, this is from uh, Ed Boucher again. Hey, Bo, like He's that one of the fans good. of ours, yeah. All right. Is it true you carry a mortician's needle around at all times and occasionally work on stiffs for extra cash? <laughs> yeah, I keep, keep it like tucked in behind my ear and under my hat bill. Wow. <laughs> kind of like kind of like Brian the Carpenter's yeah. pencil. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well done. There you have it, folks. Yeah. All kinds of secrets uncovered about Ott Defoe tonight, Who folks. Who knew about it? Who knew? Uh, hey, Ott, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, congratulations, uh, man. Great season. Great way to end it. Before we let you go, let everybody know if there's people watching, listening tonight. How can they follow you in your, your day-to-day activities? How can they keep in touch with you on social media? 
Yeah, absolutely. I've got, you know, all the big, the big three of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, search Ot Defoe or Ot Defoe Fishing or something along those lines. There's not a lot of Ots and, and certainly not many Ot Defoes. So he if, says uh, Defoe. Don't, he says put it, as long as you don't put in Defy or, <laughs> and you capitalize the F, you usually get it right. But if you put in like Mike did, you know, I thought we were tight, but he posted something about D-E-F-I-E or something. The fee. The fee. I got to ask you a question. Uh, when you bounce a basketball, yeah. do you bounce it on – what do you bounce it on that's white, it's hard, it's under our feet? What do you bounce it on? A basketball. A basketball? It begins with a C. Court. It begins with a C. He said the court. C. So the court. court. Is it cement or cement? I'm just trying to figure out because the default part's throwing me off. Oh, it's uh, it's concrete. Boom! Boom! Sorry, I even asked. I'm sorry. Right? I won't come next time. That's it. And and make sure you don't do defouled either, because I had a run in with something being defouled not too long ago, and it was kind of an odd thing. That's called. That's called. uh, I'll I'll ask you one. Is that when in football there's offense and there's there's defense, dude? Okay. Defense, not defense. No, it's defense. 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 Is it defense. tournament or tournament? Tournament. Tournament. No, it's not. You turn. Turn. Tournament. We're turning into the tournament. <laughs> tournament into the exactly. turn. You got to turn <laughs> rig in. Uh, turn. Tour, uh, tour or tour? Tour. Exactly. Well, oh, how about man. Some tur. guys. <laughs> if it's Kentucky, it's tur. Is it wit or yeah, wit out? It's a tur. Oh, no, that's cheesesteak. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we are right by Philly. We so. are. Right. to foe, everybody. Thanks, Ot. Woo! Thanks, Ot. Awesome, buddy. Up. Have a good night, bro. Good to talk to you guys. Wow. Like Pete. A, does he have a mohawk? Okay, he he a does mo- have a mohawk. I think he does have a mohawk. That's one of those Tennessee uh, mohawks. Receding hairline. Ah, he's still on. The ghost of Otto Poe. Just came back. Why right? out of came nowhere. Back. The ghost. He's not going to leave this show. I actually like uh, that. show that. that. Uh, he's still on. <laughs> See, Dave's, not, Dave's trying to be slick. And, you know, he, he always throws in these little snide comments at the end. When he right, thinks you're the still there. Gone. Right. Yeah, stock will fuck me up. Uh, right? yeah. turned it off, man. Totally dick. Uh, man, I tell you, I, I, I'm impressed by by Ott. You know, I, honestly, he's, uh, you know, we were kind of laughing about it. But, dude, he was learning shit at an age that was, you know what I mean? Sure. So young. Yeah, that's why oh, he's yeah. a champ. Dude. That's why he's, he's a champ. He's one, he's one of the few guys that has had big time success or yeah. early. Early on. In, in the 20s yes. and stuff. And it, it's rare for that. There's, Very rare. There's a few, but yeah. he's one of them. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love yeah. his modifications too in that swim bait. Yeah. Killer, I, killer. I, I really want to dive. I didn't, I, I heard him explaining it. I, I look forward to seeing the diagram or uh, see the actual bait. Yeah. yeah, I want to. I yeah, want to see what that looks like. And the one thing we missed, and we're going to have to get back to it when we talk to G and remind me guys to do this, is Gerald Swindle, G Man, had a direct influence on both of Ott's big yeah. wins uh, in his career. If you look back on his AOI um, championship win on the Alabama River, right, and then if you look at his recent win on the Mississippi. In both cases, Gerald, you know, I was having a slow morning, and Gerald said, uh, why don't you try this? And not that it, not that he won there, but it gave him momentum to go ahead and win, you know? So how, do you, how do you feel about that? I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I, I, I'd like to ask Gerald. I mean, I think, to be honest with you, we're going to get Gerald on the phone here a little bit. I think Gerald needs to take some financial responsibility <laughs> from this and take a, take a cut. I'm, I'm saying at least 5%. Right. Is we should, well, is, is Ott still on the line? No. The ghost of Ott. The ghost of Ott looks like G-Man to me now. Uh, all right, so we're going we're gonna to keep it going. Uh, man, I am... Uh, I'm I'm so so stoked to have this guy on. Mike, um, yeah. give, me, give me one second. I want to uh, break the recording right here. Oh, you want to break the recording? All right, Are Brian. We taking a break? No, no. No, you just.